The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. Hi, Em. I know this isn't the Bravo episode and normally we would not discuss this, but the Vanderpump season 11 trailer just dropped and we got a process. I want to talk about it, but I also have to start with the disclaimer that as soon as the trailer dropped, I like ran to watch it. And as I was watching it, I was like, wait a second, I've only ever watched one season of the show. I know. And I think specifically given what we saw in the trailer, things from the past will come up that you will have no idea about. However, can you even believe how invested you are having only watched one season? I actually can't believe how invested I still am. That like I was still excited about what was to come. I think you're going to be a weekly viewer. I really do. I don't doubt it. I mean, I have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> yeah. It's just update, guys. We are now post-leg break surgery, still very much on crutches. We got about eight weeks left, but Julie is a fucking trooper. She's not going to say it, but I will. She's really, given the circumstances, I think handling this beautifully. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm trying as hard as humanly possible to. And Isabel and I are going to come see her on Friday and take her to Beyonce, your first outing. I I seriously, I, I cannot wait. I could cry thinking about it, actually. You need it. We, we all need it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, first of all, a, a lot of shit. We knew, of course, you know, the obvious, which is Tom and Ariana. They're still actively living together. I know Ariana said when she was on Watch What Happens that during her time on Dancing with the Stars, she was staying in an Airbnb for the most part, but... You know, now her and Tom, yes, are sharing the house. And because they own it together, they have to be aligned in terms of what they want to do. And she wants to sell it. He doesn't want to. So he may have to buy her out. Who knows what's going to happen there? But of course, we saw a lot of that in the trailer. We have the bombshell that at some point in the past, Sheena and Schwartz hooked up, which could have definitely been, you know, clickbaity because who knows when that was. It feels very clickbaity. And her comment that, we posted on Bravo, I feel like alluded to that as well. Yeah, I'll put the link to the post that Julie's talking about in the episode description, but basically Danny Pellegrino commented on Sheena's post asking about that moment and she responds, things that were supposed to go to the grave, but it's not exactly what you think, dot, 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 stay tuned. Which one thing about us, we're going to stay tuned. Also, talk about the last thing any of us were ever expecting, Schwartz and Katie in what appears to be some sort of a love triangle with the same woman who we, of course, looked up. Her name is Tori Keith. She's a 24-year-old singer-songwriter from Seattle living in LA. I have no idea what is going on there, but when I tell you that was the last thing on my bingo card. Everyone from LA is a 24-year-old singer-songwriter. <laughs> right. Who's appeared on like two to six different shows. Yeah. And like, if they lived in New York, they'd be on SVU, but because they're in LA, it's Vanderpump. Yes. 
There's also that moment at the end where Lala basically says, you know, I've never seen this before. Someone gets cheated on and all of a sudden they become God, which is certainly a loaded statement. And I'm seeing a lot of different interpretations of that online. You know, some people feel as though it's Lala coming from a place of jealousy. Some people feel as though it's clever editing on the part of the producers. And it's really actually part of a speech that Lala is giving in support of Ariana. You know, some people feel as though it's more of a general statement about Ariana's fame and the way that it's skyrocketed. I'm not sure exactly where I stand. The one thing I will say is that you have to remember that while they're all on a cast together, and of course in the aftermath, everyone was very much in support of Ariana, very much disgusted by Tom, there is on shows like Vanderpump, like Housewives, any of these Bravo shows, while there's certainly a camaraderie among the cast, there's also a little bit of an inherent competitive nature. And specifically when it comes to their influence or their quote, celebrity outside of the show. And what we saw with Ariana in the aftermath is, I don't want to use the term she went mainstream because they were all mainstream on some level, but it was to a completely different level. And so not to say the cast isn't and wasn't supportive of that, but I do think there was probably a shift that occurred, whether or not they voiced it from the initial fuck yeah, we are going to defend you till the death to, wait a second, now it's almost as though you are being viewed by the rest of the world as in like another category than us. And not necessarily saying that that's where Lala was coming from. I'm just wondering if that will play a role. I just think that with any reality show, you know, you obviously have these very, very big moments where everybody presents a unified front But then also as the show goes on and their lives go on, like things then change, new dynamics get brought into the picture. And so what was like the most pressing thing at the time and the most important way for everybody to kind of, I don't want to say act because I don't think they were acting any sort of way. I think it was genuinely how they felt as time goes on and the initial shock of what they're dealing with starts to wear off. Like, of course, those new dynamics and like things from the past and other things are going to come back into play. Like the you know, the heat of the moment is like exactly that it's of the moment. And then when things start to boil down, it's like, okay, we can kind of resume business as usual to some extent. Right. And that kind of brings me to the other piece of this that I know Isabel and I will dive much deeper into this on the Bravo episode. I'm sure we'll do like a frame by frame analysis, but you know, you have to remember that after this broke, every single person on that cast for the most part, maybe with the exception of Schwartz, wanted nothing to do with Sandoval. And they were able to completely ice him out because There was no need for them to not. The filming had concluded with the exception of the reunion, which if you watch the reunion, it was a fucking bloodbath. And they had no need to really be around him in that capacity. Well, filming then resumed. And whether or not you want to have a friendship with him, in order to film a show, you have to be willing to film with this person. And I think initially there was the expectation that no one was even going to really entertain him. And I, I think from what we saw a little bit from the trailer, Ariana was... And maybe is, you know, holding on to that mindset kind of of like, if you have any sort of a friendship or relationship with him, you don't have a relationship with me. And I think that was an easy thing to commit to in the heat of it. And I wonder how that then plays out in the following days when maybe they do have some sort of a relationship, or even if it's just for the show, how Ariana then responds to that, you know, like, like it or not, it's just the reality that he is a cast member and kind of an integral cast member on the show. And so because of that, there are going to be interactions. Well, I think that's the element of it that I'm the most interested in because the fact of the matter is you're not watching this season to like get any new information about Scandival. Like what happened, happened. The the What we got to experience with that in the heat of it and at the height of it is is done for the most part. It's more like 
okay, what is this like in the aftermath of it? Like, how does everybody now go back to normal? Or how does everybody readjust in the aftermath of one of the biggest reality TV scandals of all time? Well, right. And on that note, at BravoCon, which I know you weren't there, but I, I feel like you were because of how intensely we debriefed you. You know, it was at the Vanderpump panel when Sandoval was being booed that Lala grabbed the mic and kind of defended him and was like, listen, I'm not the biggest fan of this guy either, but at this point it's like beating a dead horse. And she was like, I'm not saying I respect it, but you at least got to give him some credit that in the height of all of this, he was still going out. He was still putting on shows and that's better than me. Cause if it was up to me, I would tell you guys to basically go fuck yourselves. And at BravoCon immediately after that happened, there was so much chatter going around of, you know, is Ariana going to be upset at Lala for kind of defending Tom? And I only mentioned that to say that is one minuscule example of how this could then factor into the, the larger element, which is, you know, maintaining some sort of a relationship with Tom, being willing to film with him in any sort of a consistent frequency, like are those things that would then cause an issue between Ariana and whoever the person is? Because what we're kind of seeing from this trailer is that everyone's quote loyalty is definitely being measured. And what it seems like is that Katie's kind of in that number one spot. I wonder what that is going to look like. like it is just going to be really, really wild to watch that all play out. I think with Ariana, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, how firm she holds in that initial stance of like, if you have anything to do with Sandoval, you have nothing to do with me because just logistically based on being a show and being a friend group, like we said, like you're going to kind of have to loosen your stance a little bit in order to just make things work. And so I think that where she decides to do that and who she decides to do that with is going to be like the big question of the season. I also think that something that could be interesting is Obviously, Raquel is not there. Like she's her, she's not going to be a presence physically in the season. Her name may be brought up. And again, that's also a question of to like what extent it is. But I also think the question is without Raquel physically being there, is there any sort of shift that happens in terms of the public opinion of Sandoval? Not so much that it changes, but like, is there any sympathy that could come up for him? Well, see, that's something I'm very, very curious about. And I know right now it's like, what do you mean sympathetic towards Sandoval? And I'm not talking about you or me or even anyone listening here. I'm talking about just the general potential audience reaction. And if it's possible that there's any sort of a sympathetic or more understanding view, because I only say that I find on these types of shows, the audience hits a threshold. And when they become overly fatigued with a storyline or you know everyone pouncing on someone even if they are too against that person it can kind of shift the focus because even if they're not necessarily sympathetic towards them they're generally annoyed at everyone still going so hard and so just keep that in mind of like how that may come up and yes of course Raquel not being there that plays a role i'm sure she will be mentioned constantly but you know her physically not being there in some ways you could make the argument that it could alienate Tom enough that it could potentially bring up some of that. Again, I'm not speaking about you or me or even any of you guys listening. It's just like on reality TV, these are things that can can come into the equation. Well, I also think about it kind of in terms of Tristan, where it's like now we're at a place with him where it's like, okay, we we fully see through this. But I do think that in between each scandal that came up with Tristan, there was a certain amount of sympathy or at least Maybe not sympathy, but a certain amount of amnesia. 
Yeah, like <laughs> like it was like everybody was like, even now though, like with Tristan, it's like, oh, you know what? Like he's he's done a lot of things and like I don't trust him with Chloe, but like I, I kind of get why he's likable. Like there is a certain amount of that that continuously comes up. And not that I think that Sandoval has the same like quote unquote charm that Tristan has, but I do think that what manipulators on television have in common is that like when they're able to manipulate people in their lives, they're also to a certain extent able to manipulate an audience, maybe not the whole audience, but at least some of it. And so it'll be, it'll be something to see if, if Sandoval is kind of able to like pull, pull that off this season. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Sandoval is that obviously Scandoval is the biggest thing that has happened in terms of getting the public, I guess you could call it against him. But generally speaking, most people, even you could call it like fans of his operate with some baseline level of just finding him relatively unappealing. And so I I just, I don't know how this is going to go down. I am so overwhelmingly excited. And I also think it can't be lost on us that Vanderpump was nominated for an Emmy since the last time we saw them on our screens. And I think as a reality show on Bravo, that lights a fucking fire under you to go even harder than you were going before. You know, like I know people were talking about it in kind of a joking context. That's a really big deal. That is a really big deal that you are making potentially Emmy award-winning television. And I think they all know that and it kind of has made them put on a different cap of like, wait a second, we really have the opportunity to do something here. And as far as I'm concerned, I am here for that in any sense of the word. Yeah, me too. So you guys know I'm very much in the business of just making my life more seamless across the board. There's a way that I can make things more convenient. I am certainly going to take it. And of course, this comes into play with food delivery. I've been a fan and a user of DoorDash for a while now, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it kind of takes things to the next level. So DashPass is the one membership you need to get the most out of DoorDash and everyday life. DashPass members get $0 delivery fees and up to 10% off eligible DoorDash orders. So that's groceries, drinks, personal care items, and more. You can put a little joy back into your schedule. Sign up for DashPass today. Use code CBC23 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. So DashPass makes delivery even more worth it. It helps members save more than $35 per month on average. Plus, DashPass delivers way more than just tonight's dinner. That includes special access to experiences, promotions, and DashPass exclusive menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. And if you sign up for DashPass now, you'll get your first month free. So put a little joy back into your schedule. Sign up for DashPass today. Use code CBC23 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass with code CBC23. Subject to change, terms apply. Sign up for more, become a DashPass member today. Okay. So one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So 
it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Okay, I say this rather hesitantly, but I think we got to get into Selena Gomez, Benny Blanco. I was not expecting this in the slightest. Okay, I'm going to just level with you guys. I'm going to keep it entirely 100. I know, Julie and I have not even discussed this, but I know for a fact we are both individually struggling with exactly the way to talk about this. And by this, I don't mean the fact that her and Benny are apparently dating, more so the way that it went down in the comments section, because obviously this is our bread and butter. And what do we constantly come on here and talk about? We just want celebrities to be fucking messier. Bring us back to, you know, 2018, 2019, when really no one gave a fuck. And then you have something like this and it's like, wait, we didn't necessarily mean that. So as we go through this, we are going to cite some comments, but you have to understand that what we saw and what we ended up posting, which was maybe 10% of what we saw, it's it's a lot for a person to process. Well, I just think like, At base level, right? Like she confirms, which is not a rumor that I had ever heard. I don't know if you had ever heard it. I I guess that it had kind of been circulating a little bit, maybe on like some of the Selena fan pages, but it definitely wasn't something that I saw in like mainstream or on Twitter to any degree. But I guess there had been rumblings of her and Benny Blanco dating. And so her confirming the fact that they're dating in the comment section, writing facts, like that's the best thing I could have ever asked for. The genuinely chaotic nature that unfolded after that with the series of comments that like, I don't even necessarily know how to describe. Like, that's what we mean when we say like, you know, there was a second element of the story. Well, right. Because we have kind of the first series of events, which is the account Pop Factions posting Selena Gomez is rumored to be dating producer Benny Blanco with the photo of them together. It was posted on the 4th and on the 7th, she comments facts and she then stories a photo of her and Benny together, her wearing this B ring. And that's when we're like, all right, you know, in the words of my dad, now we'll cook it with gas. Like that is the kind of shit that we have been hoping for. If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard all we want is celebrities to go back to kind of that messy era that they were in back in 2018, 2019, when comments felt a little less serious. You know, it's kind of for a moment, it brought us back to Ariana and Pete confirming their relationship via comments. It was after that, that things kind of took on, I guess you could say a little bit of a different energy because the account Selena Gomez BR 2.0 posted the photo of them together with her comment facts. She comments on that post and said, he's my absolute everything in my heart. We posted these comments, so I'm sure most of you saw them. If not, we'll put the link in the description, but this requires a little bit of talking through because you have to understand what it was like on our end. When I tell you, I have no less than a hundred screenshots on my phone of just all of this. And we posted one. So like you can imagine what it was like on the back end. So she comments that someone responds, he cursed you. That's not treating you well. She says, then why has he been the best thing that's ever happened to me? The end. Someone else says, you're just corny. Oh my God, that man was shading you years ago. She responds, LOL, yeah. And he's still better than anyone I've ever been with. Facts. What people are referring to when they say, you know, this is the same guy that was talking shit about you. 
They're talking about years ago when Benny Blanco was on the Zach Sang show being interviewed about his song with Justin Bieber, Lonely, when he was doing promotion for it. And he said, Justin's not one of those cookie cutter pop artists. Like, you know, they're like, this is my new single and here's my makeup line. And he's like, yo, I have a pimple and I have anxiety today. He's always been upfront about that stuff. People now and at the time took that as kind of shading Selena. So just for anyone who was confused what people meant when they were talking about that, that's what they were talking about. I'm trying to describe this in the way that feels the most responsible, which is like, I'm not one to say what was going through someone's mind when they are on this type of a commenting spree, because sometimes you could just feel really passionate in the moment and go for it. However, after doing this for the last six years, I can tell you that the way in which Selena was responding to both fans and what you could call trolls seemed like someone who was maybe going through it a little bit, you know, as we all do. And one of the reasons that we decided not to post the full extent of the comments was because I don't know if that's something that a week later she'd be so thrilled at looking back on it. Just didn't feel to us like this was someone who was commenting this from the most clear-headed place. And again, I don't know what was going on and maybe nothing was going on. And she just felt in the moment like she wanted to say all of this. And so she did. Typically, this type of row commenting doesn't come when someone is in the best emotional slash mental state. And so it just felt... I don't even want to say like going from zero to a hundred because who knows, maybe it is true that they've really been dating for the last six months. And maybe she really does feel like this is a love of her life. Who am I to tell her that it's not? It was just more so in the intensity of the response that felt like something was a little bit off. I totally agree. I think that what it was that we're picking up on in terms of it being off isn't even necessarily representative of her relationship with him. I don't think we know that well enough to be able to like assess that. Because this isn't the first time that we've seen Selena comment in this way. It's it's happened a couple of times before. I think what we're picking up on is this very negative relationship that Selena has with social media where she wants to use it and she wants to engage with her fans and she wants to confirm news about herself in this sort of easy, self-controlling narrative sort of way. But I think what ends up happening a lot of the times is in the process of doing that, she also then gets overwhelmed by the influx of negative comments and the influx of comments where she feels she has to defend herself or defend other people. And I think that is what creates a really negative space for her. And I think that what we've seen with these types of comments is that she has a really difficult time when she's in this place of commenting, seeing something and just letting it go, seeing something and just not responding to it. And so what I think probably started as her seeing this post maybe pop up on her explore page or pop up in her newsfeed and then feeling the want because it's been this many months of being in a relationship to be ready to confirm it and talk about it then ended up in this place where she was then fighting back at people. And I don't think it's what she had intended in the first place, but I think it's something that often happens when she gets into that kind of a place. No, I'm very aligned with you in in that thought process. And also, if you remember in her documentary, she had said at the time that she didn't even really have social media on her phone. It was something that was on her friend's phones. And if she wanted to have access to it, she could, but it was sparingly. It was kind of in doses. You know, she knew that it wasn't the best thing for her mental health to be as engaged. And I think that, listen, when you are literally one of the most famous, most followed people ever, and you go from maybe really not accessing it pretty much at all to then having what it appeared to be kind of free reign, I can imagine that being very overwhelming and you know, feeling called to want to respond to everything. And it, it was just the kind of thing where we both were like, whoa, 
this feels like a lot. And again, I want to really emphasize, I'm not even saying the relationship feels like a lot because who the fuck knows what's been going on, how long they've been seeing one another. They've known each other for years. It's not like this is a, you know, Demi Lovato, Max Ehrlich situation where it was so hot and heavy and he was clearly this like cloud chasing, you know, weirdo. That was not the case. Benny Blanco, like him or not, is a very successful, well-respected person within the music industry who has known Selena for years. So like, I'm not even coming at it from that angle. I'm more so saying, to me, this was the work of someone who was feeling really, really overwhelmed. And I don't know, it was it was something for sure. Well, I think the initial thought that we and everybody else had was like, for a second, we paused because we were like, wait, is is she being hacked right now? And then we kind of realized, no, she's not being hacked. This really is her commenting. This really is her confirming. But I think that just that split second of thinking that it could have been that really goes to the understanding of what our reaction to the comments were and what everybody's reaction was. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But then, you know, it's one thing when the comments are happening, but then the stories, like that was factually him and her together. That was her hand wearing that B ring. So, you know, the, the two things were happening at once where it was like, wait, this feels like there's no way that it's really her, but I just think there's definitely something to be said for how overwhelming or disorienting that could be as her or anyone else with that type of influence when all of a sudden maybe you have, I don't want to use the term access because technically she always had access if she wanted it, but you're allowing yourself that type of ability to connect and immediately respond when you hadn't had that for a while or had chosen not to have that for a while. Like it can, it can be jarring. And I, that's kind of, I feel like what we were seeing. So I know you guys saw a lot of it, but I'm telling you, there was so much more where that came from. I mean, and then also it kind of overshadowed the fact of like, here's this couple, like, you know what I mean? Like we didn't even get to process the fact that here she was like really confirming this relationship that we basically knew nothing about. Yes, because in the days following, she had posted an Instagram and he commented like the hard eyes, which again, I don't think we would have thought twice if that was two weeks ago because Benny Blanc was actually a very active commenter. And like I said, they've been known to have at least some sort of a friendship. So I don't think anyone would have thought twice about that. But I'll put it like this. If this whole thing had gone down, she had just commented facts and that was it. I think if we were following our normal formula and the other party in that equation had commented the hard eyes, we probably would have posted that as a solo. And like, we purposely didn't. So we were like, you know what? There was a lot of this. The comments got pretty fucking nasty. And let's just give this a second to breathe. It doesn't feel beneficial to anyone to like continue to highlight this. No, but I think it'll be interesting to see going forward. Like, you know, do we now see Taylor, Travis, Selena, and Benny Blanco out together? Like, do we now see an influx of comments from him? Because he's not just like an emoji commenter. Like he's really, we've posted a number of Benny Blanco comments before. It's funny because I don't necessarily see their humor aligning. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just choosing to, listen, everyone knows what we're, what we're obviously thinking, you know, like kind of what the fuck is going on here. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say the thing that we say about everyone. And I truly mean this from the bottom of my soul, truly. And say it with me, if they are happy, God bless them. Who are we? Truly, who are we? So just... I know that was a whirlwind. We did what we thought was the best move, which was highlighting a small piece of it and and kind of moving on from the rest. But 
that was definitely something, not anything we had expected. And we'll see how this continues to play out or not. Who knows? But certainly something we had to mention. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on daylight savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. So Cardi and Offset have apparently split up, which this was initially speculated on the 5th when fans noticed that they had unfollowed each other on Instagram, which as you know, that's not typically something that we put that much weight into. But then Cardi went on her Instagram live and she said, I've been single for a minute now. She basically was saying, you know, she didn't know exactly how to come out and say it, but she just wanted to. 
I do just want to mention, and I know this may seem so minor in the scheme of things, but this was something we had picked up on that I don't feel like anyone else had because I don't know why one would have. We were sent this comment, but basically on the 4th, this guy, Matt Schuster, who's a country artist, posted a cover of Offset song Worth It with Don Tolliver. And he made the caption, country, handshake emoji, Don Tolliver plus Offset. And both Cardi and Offset commented on that post on the 4th. Cardi commented saying, wow, at Offset, y'all should collab. This could be a setup for him and Offset doing some sort of a collab and this whole thing could be like a PR plant. But just saying, if things were like so terrible, it does feel like the kind of thing that Cardi would not be commenting on, right? Even if it was a PR thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I also think that I've seen other posts where they've commented, like her commenting on his post, him commenting on her post within the past, I don't know, let's say two weeks. So if she's been single for a minute, presumably two weeks, you know, that time frame would still mean they were probably broken up and those the fact that those comments happened would carry some weight. I don't, the thing is, you just never know with them. They could have been broken up for months and stayed friends. They could be broken up and gone back together within the course of two weeks. Like you literally with them, you never know. They, they have broken up and gotten back together so many times in the course of their relationship. A couple of years ago, she filed for divorce. And then one month later, you know, filed to retract that <laughs> filing. Like, you know, they're, they're really... This will not be the last you hear of them, even if they are broken up, or I guess they definitely are because she said it in a live. I don't know. Well, also in the midst of all of this, and I know we're going really niche here. This is like deep in TikTok. Oh no, I know what you're about to bring up. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. In the height of this whole rumors about them splitting, the rapper Blueface accused Offset of sleeping with Krishan, his ex, to which Offset basically came on Twitter and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, I've literally never spoken to this woman in my life. So I'm just throwing that in because it was something that was going on on Twitter. I don't know what's going on with Cardi and Offset. The whole Matt Schuster thing felt a little bit like, is there some PR thing happening here? I don't know. I, I, I love them as a family. I love culture. I love Wave. I think they're such an adorable family, but Whatever, whatever works for them, I'm behind. But I'd be lying to you by not saying that, yeah, I think when they're good, they're so great. But who knows? Something that's that's killing me about this is not even the Cardi and Offset of it all. It's you saying the rapper Blueface as if to distance yourself from how deep in on the Blueface Krishan stuff we both are. Because we have never once brought that up on the podcast. No, you guys don't understand. It is the most- You said the rapper Blueface like you guys were strangers. Well, because it is truly the most toxic relationship I have ever witnessed, I think, on social media between not only Blueface and his ex, Krishan, but his ex slash current relationship with Jaden Alexis and that whole thing. And I have just gotten myself into the deepest TikTok rabbit hole. It's it's really toxic. Like it's just not for the faint of heart. There's some shit that goes on there that is not at all kosher, but I, for some reason, have gotten hooked in and- you're right. I did I did say the rapper Blueface as to not make it as though I have my PhD in all things Tatiana. But I am very invested. Sorry. I just am. But we're certainly aware. Yeah. I'm aware. There's a lot of shit that I'm aware of on TikTok. I'm in some deep rabbit holes. That that could be its own episode, by you the are. way. I am. Like, guys, I really, I I know not a lot about a lot, but I know a lot about a little. You just come to me with like these random fucking, 
people that I literally know nothing about, like that I've never forget, like forget Blueface. Cause to me, compared to the stuff that you'll bring to me, sometimes Blueface and Krishan is fully mainstream. Like I am talking about like niche drama and like shit with like the most random people on TikTok. And then you'll like remember their names and their life story. And you're like, well, you know, and I'm like, no, I, I actually, I don't know. The thing is, if, if I was my friend or really anyone else in my life, I would be so offended that like, I can't even remember. I mean, what you told me yesterday, meanwhile, I can walk you through the entire family tree of some random family. I happen to be following like in the middle of Maine. Why? I don't know. It's never been an issue for me. I love it. I love you explaining <laughs> Yeah, because it. you can't remember fucking anything either. Duh. That's the best thing about our friendship. You, we can never get mad at each other for not remembering because we don't even remember that we told each other in the first place. We're just two idiots guessing each other all the time. <laughs> we are that meme where it's like, yeah, no, he probably just like threw his phone in the water. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because we actually think that happened. It's because like you would be like, you know, I don't know why, but like, I'm just remembering something where like, did you mention him like one time, like tripping and throwing his phone in the water? Like, is it possible that that happened? And you'd be like, wait, I, now that you're saying it, it kind of sounds familiar. That is what every single one of our conversations sound like. It's actually like scary. No, literally. Anyway, so just wanted to mention that. Also, you guys remember back in the heyday of... Amy Roback and TJ Holmes and the affair and all of that. Well, now, according to a page six report from the fifth, apparently their exes, Andrew Shu and Marilee Feibig, are dating, which that is just not something anyone saw coming, but what a way to really complicate the story. That was best case scenario for how this could have all played out. Absolutely. Are you kidding? And by the way, in a really strange way, I actually think for both Amy and TJ, it probably is kind of nice because you may, if you're both of them, I don't want to say carry some guilt, but like maybe a little. And it's like, wait, they found love with one another and they certainly have something to bond over. So they kind of feel, I'm sure on some level, that it's almost like they're absolved of that. I mean, yeah, I, I think they, I think they probably, based on the trajectory of their relationship and the fact that it has now gone from this big scandal to just like a seemingly normal relationship, a very public relationship. I think they, I think the success of your relationship that starts from like a supposed affair, because they still kind of are, are claiming that it, it didn't come from that. Um, I think the success of your relationship and how long it lasts after that certainly plays a big role. It's kind of like we were saying about like Tom and Raquel, where it's like, if they had really lasted, if they had like really carried out that relationship and like really stuck it out together, like you would have had to approach it a little bit differently because like it has to have been for something. And that's what I think we're kind of seeing here where like with Amy and TJ, I think a people were so addicted to the story because as viewers, obviously people who weren't personally involved in it, but literally as people taking in the story, like it felt low stakes for us. You know, it was just like, oh, these two co-hosts that were, you know, part of our morning, but not necessarily like a firm part of our lives are now doing this, uh, are now the biggest story of the week, which just feels crazy in general. And so I think that for us, it felt low stakes to follow it. And then to kind of see them continue this relationship was like, oh, you know what? I'm happy for them. Like they had this whole thing, they lost their jobs. And like, it was really for something. In a strange way, that seems to be the outcome. I mean, what a story if if both their exes and them 
end up together. Like, could you imagine? I'm, I'm talking total hypothetical, but imagine five years down the line, they're double dating. That's like the craziest shit ever. That feels like something that would have happened in the Kardashians. So you want to know something interesting? A similar thing happened with Shania Twain. I do know about this, but tell anyone who doesn't. So Shania Twain's husband had an affair with Shania Twain's former best friend, whose name was like Marie Ann. They end up getting together. Shania Twain and her husband split, and then Shania marries Marie Ann's ex-husband. Yeah, so TJ and Amy are basically on their Shania Twain shit. Well, I actually think they're not on their Shania Twain shit. They're on their Marie Ann shit and their exes are on their Shania Twain Shania shit. Twain from, shit. From what my understanding of the story is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, just in general, what a, what a wild concept. Like forget about these being celebrities. Imagine if these are like parents of a, a kid that you know in your hometown. That would, that would be the story of the town. That would have the suburban moms buzzing. Talk about shit we live for. By the way, that's why the TJ and Amy thing was so exciting at the time because it didn't feel like it was celebrities. It felt like it was neighborhood gossip. Yeah, completely, completely. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm gonna tell you again and I'm honestly not gonna stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowlin brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company, first of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30-night worry-free guarantee, so you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California king, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. Seaside for details. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. 
also have to say, you remember a while ago when Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell had first started being interviewed about their movie, Anyone But You, and photos from filming came out. There were all those rumors about you know, them potentially having an affair. He then broke up with his girlfriend or she broke up with him, Gigi Powers. His girlfriend at the time had posted a caption that said, know your worth and on to the next. Everyone thought that that was kind of cryptic. We all knew Sydney has been engaged to her fiance, Jonathan Devino, since February 2022, but like it certainly was a thing. And then it kind of died down. And now that they've been doing press together for this movie that comes out later December, that conversation has been reignited. And I'm actually deeply curious about other people's thoughts about this because another rabbit hole I've gone on on TikTok is just watching so many of the press interviews from this. And I truly can't decide if I think it's part of the marketing strategy, meaning they're just leaning into the salaciousness of this hookup rumor. They know everyone's already thinking it. So may as well play it up on Hoda, play it up on these other interviews so that you know it will drive more people to see the movie. Or are they actually doing their best at concealing something that is like so apparent? I, I asked that question genuinely asking for people's responses because one could be convinced either way. And I really go back and forth. And by the way, it could be a combination of both. That there's like a very real chemistry that exists. Maybe they fooled around a little and also they're playing it up because they know that it's great press for the movie. Because one thing about moviegoers, when they see off-screen sexual tension, they want to watch how that translates to on-screen. Like I just think it's in a lot of our DNAs. So I don't think... They're stupid for it. I'm just curious, how legitimate is this? I think they're totally playing it up. I think they have incredible chemistry naturally. And I think that once they realized how well their chemistry on screen translates to off screen, they were like, obviously we're going to play into this. I definitely do not think this is something where like they just can't conceal it because try harder then. Like, it's just certainly not that. I think that they're not dating. I think they have an incredible amount of chemistry. And I think they are so happy with the results they are going to get as a result of that. But Sydney Sweeney is engaged. Like you have to remember, like there is a very active, it's not even like, oh, she might have a boyfriend. Like she is fully engaged. You don't, you don't do that this publicly and this flagrantly, unless you're playing it up and playing a game, because otherwise it's just disrespectful. Like a relationship can't really survive that. I know, I know. And that's always what I come back to, I guess. And I I agree with you, I think, like, meaning if I'm choosing, I certainly think they're just playing it up. However, I don't think it's the craziest thing that like, maybe there was a, a makeout that occurred in a dressing room. You know what I mean? I think it's the kind of thing where if they allowed themselves to go there, then it would like materialize into something like very intense. But I think that so much of the sexual tension and what we're seeing in terms of their interactions and their playfulness is like the mutual understanding of the fact that they haven't allowed it to actually go there. It's also the kind of thing where like, they're not special. Think about any time you've had an overwhelming amount of sexual tension with a guy. And I'm not saying a situation like this where on some level it's forbidden because, you know, one or both parties is in a relationship, just generally speaking, like, yeah, once you actually act on it, it can be amazing and it can be this rush and it's like, holy fuck, I've been waiting for this. But there's kind of nothing like the moment right before you hook up for the first time. I still think in the scheme of things, like that that's hard to top. I think so too. I think a lot of people would agree with you. I mean, sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, that was that was amazing. But sometimes it's like, God, I wish we stayed in that space a little longer. Well, it's kind of like how they say in TV shows, for example, like, 
if there's a couple where the sexual tension and the relationship between them has been like building for seasons and seasons and they haven't acted on it, where it's like as soon as they act on it, the show stops being good because it's like, okay, well, what are we watching this for? Like it happened. It's kind of like in The Nanny, like the last season of The Nanny is like, okay, whatever. But like that, I think that that translates into real life to a certain extent where it's like, well, it's also a safe zone. You know what I mean? It's like, we can play this up as much as possible. And like, there's nothing bad that can come from it as long as we don't act on it. I think there are certain times where it's like, okay, you have to let yourself do it. But there are certain times where it can just like be what it is. Yeah, no, a thousand, a thousand percent. I also have to tell you, there are these photos that are coming out, like literally as we're recording of Taylor and Travis at a holiday party in Kansas City after the game last night. I'm sure you guys all saw the photos of them leaving the game together. And it's like, it's so crazy. I'll put the link to some of these photos in the description. I'm sure all of you have seen them by now. But like, if you didn't know who these people were, they seem so like normal. Normal. Like, it's it's so fucking crazy. Like this is Taylor Swift we're talking about. This is literally the most famous person in the entire world. And she's just like at a Kansas City holiday party with her boyfriend who's in a flannel and a beanie. It's like my brain can't compute that. How are you going to be the time person of the year and then also at like a random Kansas City holiday party? No, I really understand trying to make sense of that in your brain. I mean, I'm sure by now you guys have all seen the photos of them leaving the game Sunday night, which like, I know at this point we've seen many photos of them leaving many games. I can only speak for myself in saying it hasn't gotten old. The reaction that I still have is the reaction that I had maybe not the first time around because there was that shock factor, but it's like, I'm not seeing one of those and not sending it to the group to then analyze the body language. You know, like I'm not at the point yet where a photo is just a photo. Every photo comes with an analysis. Every photo comes with like a, holy shit, I don't know if that will ever go away. I have to imagine on some level it does. Like if they're married and he's still playing five years down the line, I can't imagine still having this reaction, but based on what's been currently happening, who knows? Also, just going back to time person of the year, that's a must read. I I know at this point it came out last week. So it's like literally a week old. I know everybody's seen it. I know everybody's read it. We don't have to go through the whole thing. I, it's just the kind of thing where like, that was a moment. And in terms of Travis, because there was so much and I, I I wouldn't even want to minimize what that article was by like only talking about the Travis of it, because yes, it was a piece that of course we as pop culture enthusiasts are freaking out over, but like her story is not about her dating Travis. That being said, she did talk about that. She talked about how, you know, when she was at that first game, they had been seeing one another for a while. By no means was that kind of a hard launch. I do just want to zoom out for a second in saying that whatever happens with them, like, is it very possible that they are endgame? Absolutely. But in a hypothetical world that they're not, he is always cemented in her time 2023 person of the year interview. And I... That in itself to me is something worth noting. I also, of course, yes, the Kim Kardashian of it all, don't think that was lost on us. I mean, she first name, last named her. That was intentional. And, you know, have we spoken in the past about maybe hoping that on some level, not that that's water under the bridge, but that, you know, it's kind of more of a her and, and Kanye thing and on maybe in some way her and Kim. Yeah. And like, clearly that's just not, that's just not happening. That's just the reality of the situation. Like that, that was a choice, you know, to first name, last name, Kim. And so any hopes of a reveal that, you know, behind the scenes, they have kind of made a kosher and they're both united in like their disgust towards Kanye. That's 
clearly, clearly not a thing. I mean, but by the way, like you, you were, that was your theory. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking to myself. I thought that was even like a slight possible. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm literally talking about myself. I know. Listen, I didn't ever think that they were going to be friends. I just thought it was possible that there had maybe been a conversation or like some signaling of, you know what? This is like the most toxic man. And obviously Taylor was so negatively impacted by him. Kim was in her own way. And that Kim is like really embarrassed by playing a role in something that she felt, you know, sucked into by being under, like, I, I, I know I was making something up in my head, but I thought on some level that was possible. And like, clearly she made it very clear that that's not, and that's completely fine. I mean, listen, what are we talking about here? Two of the most powerful, influential women in the entire world who like clearly are killing it in their own right. And I guess have no desire or need to be in one another's good graces. I did think there was a world in which like Kim would have thought it would have been really cool to like put that really to rest kind of. And it would be like the final separation of Kanye, but like, obviously that's not something Taylor's down for. And like, that's completely her choice. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess these are just two people that are going to exist in their own social circles and really not have any interaction. And like, I guess in conclusion, there is some bad blood there and that's okay. (laughs) I I think that's a correct analysis, definitely. (laughs) Anyway, that was just a powerful article. If if you, for any reason, have not read that top to bottom, you gotta, because it gives you a lot of insight. An absolute must read, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a must read. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? No, but this is a little bit of a chaotic episode. I mean, what the fuck? How's your leg doing? Oh, it's, it's the same. <laughs> well, I think you're fighting through it beautifully, and I love you, and I can't wait to see you in four days. I can't believe how long we've been apart. No, this is like the craziest thing ever. Yeah. If we were people who like film shit and posted it, I would totally film this reunion with like a really funny song. <laughs> anyway we love you guys thank you for listening thank you for letting us do this thank you for being with us when shit's chaotic and when it's not and we'll see you later this week we love you so i'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life like generally speaking there's pretty much nothing i wouldn't rather be told straight up but specifically when i'm buying something or paying for a service I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile It helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.